Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. edit this out if i decide to maybe this is a squad cast exclusive so (laughs) so morgan okay so my dad's house growing up was on harrison avenue in canton right by the railroad tracks like literally right by the railroad tracks Mm -hmm. the railroad tracks ran through their backyard wow and maybe like 20 yards from the house 10 yards from the house it was like right there um on the other side of the railroad tracks, it's like a Fisher's Foods, and then there's a neighborhood, and somewhere in that neighborhood, um, Morgan Robert W. Morgan lived. He grew up in Canton. And then he, and I think my dad said they literally dated. Yeah. But my Aunt Betty and Robert W. Morgan had a thing, because I went up to, Ro- do you know who Robert W. Morgan is? Um, Mark and I... Our favorite Sasquatch documentary is a movie called In Search of Bigfoot, starring Robert W. Morgan, who is like one of the. He's not so an official. Yeah, he's not an official four horseman of Sasquatchery, but he's like kind of. He should be considered. He he's up there be. on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, he and my aunt had a, some sort of thing. I don't know. It was. I mean, they were in. As far as I know, they were like in grade school or high school or something. But. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely had a crush because when I went up to Morgan at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference a couple of years ago, I told him uh, my Aunt Betty, uh, you know, like my aunt, Betty Breedlove is my, is my aunt. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, you give her a kiss for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, memories. Yeah. Apparently. Wow. So, uh, and I, th- I think I passed that on to her. But yeah, it was it was kind of cool. It's, I mean, that is really weird. Like that is a really weird coincidence for to be tied to someone like that, like that connected to Bigfootery. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. like, he's probably the guy who put the Minerva monster on the map. I mean, locally, yeah. there 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 were a few researchers that were like always tied back to the Minerva monster. He was one of the guys that was always out there investigating because Howie really didn't care for him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. How he's got stories about like him coming out to the house and trying to show up on the property and all this stuff. Did I tell you what I found out at a family reunion like 2019 that somehow I'm related to the Catons? Mm-mm. No way. Oh, maybe you did. Really? Yeah. I think I'm related to the Catons. I don't is. know if I've told there you that. Is. That's it. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like one of my cousins is married to a, to one of them. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not related to the Catons. I'm related to the wife. Okay. The woman who yes. married one of the Catons. Okay. So, 
Yeah. If it's Howie's wife, I owe that woman a, a debt of gratitude because she's the reason remember. we interviewed Howie was her. She like convinced him to do it. Anyway, this is Monsteropolis, yeah. a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Matsky. Unfortunately, I don't think there's any Caton um, in my family. We'll tree. find it. It's we'll in there it somewhere. Out. There might be. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. We were talking ancestry before, so yeah. now my yeah. mind is genealogy spinning. Fun stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, and and we were joined last week by Heather Mosier, and she's back against her will for this week's <laughs> for this week's episode. <clears throat> not not quite against my will. Okay. Yeah. She enjoys it. She <laughs> tolerates it. She tolerates the goofballs. Yeah. Um, yep. So uh, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to talk really quickly about the fact that we have a signing event happening at the Flatwoods Monster Museum on July 24th. Uh, the times are TBA, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be like uh, 11, to 11 to 3, I hope. Um, the most of... of uh, not most of a bunch of people involved in the making of the movie will be there. So Zach, who did some shooting on Dark Sky, myself, Heather, Santino, other people, <laughs> uh, Andrew Smith, who's like the curator of the museum, is in the movie. Mm -hmm. So on the trail of UFOs, Dark Sky comes out August third. We're going to be there on the twenty fourth, so it's like a week before the the official release date of the movie, and we're really excited about. This this actually just came up yesterday, too, because we're actually going to be in Sutton filming an On the Trail of Hauntings episode. And so this sort of is the perfect opportunity for us to combine these two things that we enjoy so much. Boy, I hope that's not right. Hey, Heather's in Dark Sky. <laughs> I said, I said. I know, it just occurred to me. Yeah, she's she's a big part of it. Yep. Okay, yeah. Interviewed on. right here in Wadsworth, Ohio, by yes. the way. At Rise and grind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really cool. That chair was super comfy. I always have to explain to people that that's a coffee shop. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first time <laughs> the first time that uh, Courtney and I were coming up oh, for, great. for hauntings. Uh, PG show. I just, yeah. <laughs> anyway, put... Um, I said the closest thing is, you know, rise and grind or whatever. Just put that in and I, I can get us there from, or get us to the office. From <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> she was like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, it's just coffee place. She's like, all right. Yeah, well, they right. made decisions when they named it that. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, that's what I put in my GPS every time. <laughs> this reminds me of something that we we never mentioned on the show, and that is, the show is broadcast on 97.1 FM here in downtown Wadsworth, Ohio. It is indeed. Oh. Despite not being underwritten by Rise and Grind, um, <clears throat> we would love to promote the fact that it's a wonderful place to go for donuts and coffee and stuff. So if you're in town, great. stop in there. Brownies, too. Oh, yeah. Their brownies are Wait, of the highest order. Is that where you get the donuts for us? Yes, usually. Mm -hmm. Good good stuff. I'll probably have some of those on. Oh, you're not going there's more paranormal explained coming soon, by the way, which I forgot to mention as well. Uh, so if you're interested, watch that. Just got a text from one Derek Hayes. Of oh, Monsters Among Us. I haven't checked. I just I like the name drop on the show. You got a little text message from Derek Hayes. Derek Hayes just texted me. That Robert Robert W. Morgan is almost my Robert uncle. W. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> During uh, <clears throat> Lake Michigan, every mm -hmm. once in a while, you'd get a message. 
you just because we were in the middle of doing something, you'd say who it was mm-hmm. and then put your phone down. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, how cool George is this? George W. Bush. Oh boy! Oh, cool. GW. You get, these, you get these calls, and you're like, eh, can't answer right now. Can't answer, Just- Obama. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, what's that, Jay Z? <laughs> dropping me a line. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. When did I do that? Am I am I allowed to say names? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. It was uh, Tanya Darenberger. Oh my gosh! You. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, How fine. dare you? <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> You're like, oh, it's Tanya, and then put the phone down, and I'm like, well, how freaking cool is that? That you're like, oh yeah, Tanya Derenberger just texted me. Day in the life, yeah. Of a hundred cold, rich and famous (laughs) film director. (laughs) Uh, What is this show about this week? Ohio folklore. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope you guys did research on this because I got I hope nothing, you did, man. Mark. Nope, but I'm looking at a couple books right there. <laughs> we could just read s- random stories from them. Well, here's the what, thing. Yeah, one I thing a, I do I know about yeah. angle into it, but you go first. Well, the, I was going to say the one thing I do know about you guys, not me, but mm-hmm. the two of you, is despite what Heather I think will say, you do have a very encyclopedic knowledge of folklore in general, but especially Ohio, because we'll do shoots and you'll just rattle off like stories you're aware of from around the state okay you say that however on the way calm down (laughs) on the way i was really impressed on the way to uh michigan it seemed like every county that we were going through you're like oh this is the home of whatever monroe we drove right oh did you various Uh signs you're like this is the the home of whatever and you did that multiple times lucky hill remember we were going to make that movie about Mm -hmm. lucky hill and then never did it i'm thinking about going back to that at some point and the ones you rattled off, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, so, encyclopedic knowledge. There's a difference between my knowledge and yours. And <laughs> mine's like, it's not encyclopedic. Um, I tried to make a funny joke and I couldn't think of the word I was looking for. And Aww. I'm just sitting here. See, see what I'm talking about? It's not encyclopedic. <laughs> that map over there is entirely... Formulated from That's Ohio cool. legends and folklore. What you're not seeing mm-hmm. is that he's pointing to a map. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> listeners. Listeners, Seth is pointing to what is it? The Hidden Ohio map. I think so. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Yes. Okay. I got it after you showed me. Okay. Yours. Yeah. I thought it was so. really cool. I mean, it's missing a ton, and the only reason I know that is because when I look at the counties that I'm familiar with, encyclopedic I can, knowledge. Yes. I'm a I'm aware of them. Like there's there's little. I mean, the the fact is, like, every single community has numerous folktales and legends connected to it. Mm -hmm. Like, the River Sticks Cemetery, right up there, there's, I think they have a a little Bigfoot for the River Sticks monster, but they don't have anything indicating the cemetery. And there's a River Sticks Cemetery right on River Sticks Road, and there's a haunted mausoleum. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird, too. It's like... I don't even know if you would call it a ma- mausoleum. It's dug into the. Do you know what that's called when they dig it into the earth? So it's like a. It's like they dug. Oh, a like cave. in the side of a hill. Yeah, it's it's in like a cave, and that's where they buried the person. And then there's like um, bars a, on the. A door. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that has a different name than mausoleum. It might be a crypt, right? All right, crypt um, keeper. Crypt keeper. <laughs> that sounds cooler. Yeah, I, I'm in. All right, so where let's go wherever you wanted to go, though. Oh well, okay, but no, I mean you—that's already on a. 
That's an excellent way to start because we're talking about. Thank you, Mark. Home, <laughs> you know, the, your hometown stories, and mm. that really is true. Like a map like that couldn't possibly contain every reference to every story that's been told around the dinner table in the community. And like the other, what popped into my mind when you said that is like the Sasquatch Triangle, for example, in Coshocton and mm -hmm. that whole area that was rife with stories, you know, at least in the 80s and, and even like today in the Days Creek area and all that is still supposedly a hot spot for sightings. But, you know, when we talk about folklore in general and specifically as a term, I mean, that term that gets thrown around a lot. And I just, since we have Heather with us today, <laughs> I, I did want to ask you, you know, from a, from a standpoint of uh, a researcher and, and, you know, with the discipline that you are aware of and involved in, when the term folklore is used, mm -hmm. what does that really mean versus how people use it as sort of a catch-all yeah. for every yes. cool story? And keep in See, mind that Ellie has had entire say. episodes of the show where she attempts to explain it to me, and it still never stays in my yeah, head. Yeah, I was just thinking Ellie would be so much better suited for this than I am. Um, when people say folklore, what I think of are, are stories that have been passed down Um repeated multiple times but orally passed down for the most part and then eventually it gets written down but that's how i see folklore in my mind when somebody says folklore lore in the area you know everybody it, as far as like uh minerva monster is obviously a bigger one but if somebody says minerva monster that is a piece of folklore at this point like enough people have talked about it it is stayed in the consciousness of the community so to me that it enters the realm of folklore where it's not just something that happened last night, I guess. In, in my mind, that's how I see a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, not that if it did happen last night, it couldn't be brought into like Bigfoot lore in the area and then seeing what some of the patterns are as far as that goes. But when I'm looking at folklore, I'm looking at primarily older stories that have been passed down for a while that also have specific elements that you can find in other, other stories. In the, not even just in that area, but like if you just take Appalachia, Appalachia, whatever, as a huge oh, there thing, is. there it is, got it, <laughs> <laughs> throwing it back in there. Um, you can see, and it, it, we can even extrapolate that onto, which we did in Mothman Legacy, to the people that have migrated into the area. You can see these patterns that repeat over time. And that, to me, is all part of folklore. Rougarou, especially. Rougarou. That's the oh, thing yeah, that yeah. keeps coming up in, in Rougarou well, to me. that's right in our minds Because right we're doing... But I don't know that... I think that goes way beyond what Mothman Legacy did. It was yeah. like, Legacy is so broad. It is. But I, I feel just... like Rougarou is nailing down, like, specific, mm -hmm. like, nationalities and, like, how this is their story, and it plays directly you into... Because I helped write it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> And by helped, I'm just <laughs> she mostly wrote it. No, <clears throat> no, but the um, yeah, and that's I think that that's really interesting. And then you can see how that influences things. And with Rougarou especially, we see it shift. Mm -hmm. We can tra we can trace it back to some of the origin stories, and then see how it changes. And then whenever certain people move in the area, then the stories in the area shift even more. They start taking elements. It, in a different sense, kind of reminds me of what I studied in, um, like, ancient Rome. You know, mm -hmm. they would take over an area, and then they would incorporate elements from their pantheon or whatever into their own to kind of help ease the transition. Mm -hmm. To me, it's very similar. You, you get in there, and everybody starts to mix together in that way. Oh, that's amazing. And the 
So what that makes me think of then is from a folklorist standpoint, mm -hmm. or somebody collecting and classifying, mm -hmm. the variations in the story aren't an issue. No. They're not a problem at all. Whereas today, I think people who, you know, just somebody interested in Bigfoot example mm -hmm. would hear a couple different Bigfoot stories. They would detect variations in those stories and think that it somehow invalidates the eyewitness account. You know oh what I yeah. mean? Like we heard, this one over here is a, a gray Bigfoot, but that one's brown. So th those two things can't coexist. For yeah. a folklorist, that's not, no. that pres presents no issue at all. You're just noting yeah, differences in a... I think that that's even more intriguing whenever there are the variations. Those are the ones that I go after when I'm trying to do uh, different, if I'm writing an article or something, try to find the ones that are very unique because that's just more interesting to me. Um, but also sometimes it's like one of the elements that we got into with Rougarou was this idea of, I don't know if I can get into it too much, but uh, like knocking. Mm -hmm. And that. Yeah. We didn't spend a, ton, a no. ton of time on it in this group, so I think you could talk about that. Okay. So there's an idea of um, if the Rougarou shows up at your door, there's a story about that you had to knock so many times. And we talked about vampires. Right, right. So when you start going back into the lore, like I'm talking way back European stuff, mm -hmm. um, the idea of an invited guest or uninvited guest or whatever, but then this knocking thing specifically, when I found a story that corroborated that whole idea, there was a, a very specific story about a number of knocks that you had to have. And then when someone that we interviewed had talked about knocking on the door, or maybe it was somebody that we had interviewed and then she didn't share that story, but I've heard her other stories. But there's something to hear that difference in a story that's hundreds of years later and that one very specific element being brought into it, it that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, we had two witnesses talk about stories. Now, I don't think, I know one of them was just the man was recounting something yeah. that had been told to mm -hmm. him by a witness, but yeah, the other lady... She didn't end up. Telling she didn't us end that. up telling us that story, but, but that was part of her own personal yeah. story, right? And so, and that was another thing. Again, with Rougarou, there we would get these stories that seemed so different, but then when you start looking into the history of the area and the people that have come into that, it really wasn't that far off of the different things. It's just it's so it's such a I don't know a mix mm -hmm. of things, and then it just kind of all gets thrown out. Or we see the... Um, a stew. <laughs> stew. It's like a melting pot. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just it's cool to see how things shift and, and change over time and to be able to trace back the roots, which is why mm -hmm. it was cool to talk about ancestry stuff before we got on here, yeah, is sure. going back through your roots and then seeing how all of that um, trickles down to today. How does that impact Ohio lore? Because, like, what... <laughs> no, for real, like, what... I'm not just <laughs> hazardously like trying yeah. to bring it back, but like Segway. I, I can't take my eyes off the stupid map now is the problem. But um, is Ohio pretty much like indicative of most of Appalachia where it's like Irish, Italian? Like, I mean, is it the same or is there what are the differences between like who settled this area, who immigrated here versus someplace else? Like some of the other places we talk about. Well, if we talk about like Appalachia in general then one major difference would be the inclusion of um, any of the southern, like the slave trade and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, because everything came north. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so there might be hints of that, hints of it, but not nearly as, mm -hmm. um, you know, rife with that kind of lore mm -hmm. that they would have down in southern Appalachia as far as that goes. Mm. You know, another element that's really 
pretty cool also is there's a northern European element too up along the lake shore. Oh yeah. Because of the port towns that mm -hmm. are up there. And it's just because I've lived probably, you know, like 10 a dozen years up in that area. You have a strong presence of like Finnish people mm -hmm. that's still alive today. And they bring with them a whole other stream of yeah. tendencies and stories. So that's, Absolutely. it is it is a bit different, but it's the same sort of mixture. I can always got people. tell when we're doing an episode of the show that has like <laughs> intelligent, educated people. Because I'm sitting here like, what's my favorite lake, <laughs> lake monster story? <laughs> In Ohio, <laughs> I thought that's what we were coming coming uh, in with. Well, so I thought see, I'll have no problem. I'll just talk about like the River Sticks monster or something, and then you guys start going off on whatever this is. <laughs> well, so whenever you said something to me about coming into the Ohio folklore stuff, I was like, well, one thing that I kind of always struggled with where I grew up, which is Carroll County. People don't talk too much about some of the lore in that area. So when you think, I mean, Minerva Monster is not that far away, but Minerva is really, it's in the center of like three counties. Well, it's and, not and just Carroll County. even the Minerva Monster had been forgotten, yeah, largely forgotten. But I mean, so people might talk about Bigfoot there, sure. But mm -hmm. as far as like any place where there's a ghost story yes. or whatever, they don't really talk about that too much in Carroll County. You go to Columbiana County or Harrison County or whatever, you get all of these Tuscarawas stories. and Carrollton are super similar to each other, and I grew up in Tuscarawas County, and it's yeah. the same thing. Because as a kid, people are always like, oh, did you just grow up aware of this stuff? No. <laughs> like, no, you guys don't talk about like, it. Like, people don't yeah. talk about it in that area. And so, like, the only thing I ever heard about was Minerva Monster and then later about the Mineral City Monster, which I think they called Mini, which mm. was like a Bigfoot or something monster that lived in an abandoned right. railroad tunnel in Still Mineral Bigfoot, City. Still Bigfoot, though. Nothing like... Right, and and it wasn't until way later that I found out about like the Warlock Grave in Tuscarawas County mm -hmm. and all those things. But I mean, as far as like people sharing stories about ghosts, it wasn't until the '90s, late '90s, that Zor became known for ghosts. Yeah, like they they had to realize that that was like a tourist draw before right. they started promoting the fact that they're it's a it's a haunted purportedly haunted town. Well, there's um, <clears throat> when I was growing up, I remember asking my parents for ghost stories. And they would talk about the specific mansion that doesn't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But even now, if you go online and you type in Carroll County, you know, haunted locations or whatever, mm -hmm. there's like one, one. And it's that mansion that burned down a long time ago. I mean, oh, well wow. before I was born, but that's the one that sticks for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I found an article about that. that somebody wrote in the 70s that just kind of talking about the, the lore versus what probably actually happened because it was built in the 1800s. So mm -hmm. even the people that that reporter interviewed at the time were very very young the one woman was like i don't know two or something at the very beginning of it and it's funny because anyway. you go south in ohio and mm -hmm. like the ohio valley when you get down into like marietta and i feel like those areas do have always kind of like embraced the the local lore mm -hmm. because i always think about uh, growing ohio up river town yeah for uh, one. yeah but i i always I th i've talked about this before but Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, the style of the movie was weirdly inspired by my memory of watching the Wheeling TV news as a kid because they were always doing these spooky like ghost stories yeah. and stuff on the news. And I just remember oh, that cool. as a kid, that coming on the TV, mm -hmm. our rabbit ear, you know, trying to tune in the rabbit ears yeah. that were sitting <laughs> on the table so we could watch that channel. But where I never even thought thought of like ghosts or Bigfoot or anything mm -hmm. where I grew up because no one talked about it. Yeah. But there was a lot of 
there's it's weird because there were things going on you just wouldn't I guess no one talked about it in the in that way yeah. as being like like supposedly there were like satanic cults meeting back oh, yeah. in the fields behind my house, my parents' house, and you would hear screams at night. Which now I wonder if like maybe that wasn't somehow related to the Bigfoot activity taking place over on uh, St. Peter's Church Road because you can mm-hmm. see St. Peter's you can see the front side of St. Peter's Church Road from the woods and behind my parents' house. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where it's going. <laughs> no, that I'm just that they don't talk about it very right. Much. I, d- I don't think they do. Yeah, and um. That, I mean, it's quite different than what when you were down in Adams and everybody yeah. there is like, Everyone yeah, I grew up about, about, about it. And the same with Rougarou, really. Either whether they believe mm-hmm. it or not. You respect it. Well, yeah, that's they, part they of respect it. it and they're cool with like talking about it. Yeah. And I think that's what's different about, yeah, places like Tuscarawas County or, or Carroll County, apparently. I mean, I think, <laughs> I do think Stark and like some of those places are like at least the outline. Maybe it's more about like the communities themselves, like it where people be. are. Like maybe the more like well, rural Adams, communities. It's on the sign, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. on the yeah, yeah. sign. There's goes, a witch right on the sign. It goes beyond that in Adams. There, it's not just like everyone we talked to, and I don't think it was just because we were making a movie about this stuff. Everyone you talk to kind of just has a story and they'll like oh you yeah this <laughs> closet's haunted by a, a little green girl that's a real thing i mean like there's but there's yeah, like he didn't just make that okay there's all sorts of like stories down there that come out of nowhere from totally normal people and they're not saying i've seen the ghost i believe in ghosts they're just like cool with talking about it whereas mm-hmm. i think there's this weird like if I even talk about that, it means I believe in ghosts or I believe in Bigfoot or UFOs or yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's a skepticism that overrides the the desire to tell these stories that have a history that's just as important as every other piece of history that informs who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that together with what you know Heather was saying before about location, I think locations have a lot to do with it, especially lost locations, like places where there were mansions where they don't exist anymore. Yeah. The only thing keeping that memory alive is are those orally transmitted mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. It made me think of Rogue's Hollow. Oh, yeah. You were yeah. talking is that, you know, you visit Rogue's Hollow and you see the maps and everything that used to be there versus what's there now, which is just a couple structures. You got to go into Rogue's Hollow with, like, I think to really appreciate it, you should go into it with a knowledge of those stories because mm-hmm. it'll heighten everything about that place when you actually understand what it was that you know all the legends about like billy the kid hiding out there and like all this kind of stuff like it's otherwise it is a uh very mundane forest (laughs) i mean it is a cool i i do know that the first time i drove through there i thought it was really unique because it's like you're driving through medina county and then wayne county and then all of a sudden you're in what looks like west virginia like and it's only that one stretch of road that looks like that um there's a road off of that called Black Diamond Road that's equally cool that I found when I was biking. I biked all the way out to my mom's house, uh-huh. uh, and I took that Black Diamond Road, and it actually shoots off. You would know right where it is because the way we went into Rogue's Hollow, mm-hmm. um, it shoots off of that road and goes down through same thing. It looks like you're driving down into a West Virginia holler and stuff. Mm. But that's like, I think so many of these stories, so many of these places that are tied to this lore, the lore that that we kind of associate with them. If you if you didn't know in advance the story behind that place, you would never, you would never really appreciate the place for all all the stories it has. This is a terribly constructed <laughs> thought uh, verbalized by me. 
<laughs> I don't know what I was. I was attempting to say, in in some of these places, there there's almost basically just speaking to what you had already said. Like a lot of a lot of these places are gone. There there might be yeah. nothing left, and you might not have an appreciation for that place unless you already have formed some sort of knowledge base mm-hmm. of Ohio lore in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And with, that'd be a huge loss because Rogue's Hollow, just this, it's such a wild place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when fortunately, you know, having seen the book and mm-hmm. learned the stories that way, I mean, it was rough and tumble yeah. and like known, I don't, almost nationally as being a place that, you know, only the, the baddest of the bad could <laughs> make a go of it there. Which I find interesting because then you look into the history of other canal towns in Ohio, and it was the same way. Peninsula was the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was exactly the same. Was it really? Did it? Yeah, it had a it had a reputation of being like the ratio of bars to churches was like ten to one. Like that's just that's that makes a of, lot of sense because yeah. Bolivar was the same thing, and mm-hmm. Bolivar sits on the canal. The canal's yeah. right there. I never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. And that those canal workers were just that's a. Why. So it's like we're just okay. a, a you know a bad lot yeah. and not ha- lived a hard life and yeah. um, that that brought a certain lifestyle right up the heart of Ohio, huh. mm-hmm. which is really pretty fascinating. Yeah, to consider. Well, and we had even when we did uh, the first episode of Hauntings in Hanoverton, that was a canal yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. And to talk about the different things that had happened there, and lore popped up around all of that. Oh yeah. Hanoverton's crazy. It's like mm-hmm. every street's got some story. Every every building has, and that Spread Eagle Tavern, like one of the, I think originally we really planned on that episode being much more focused on the entire town than we really yeah. only focused on the cemetery. But that like Spread Eagle Tavern has all the, mm-hmm. the various lore. I mean, isn't there some legend about, or story about like the Freemasons meeting in the in that room or like secret societies meeting in that room or something like that? I don't know. Okay. I think um, I've heard that. I mean, the Freemasons are all over. Yeah. So, and sure. there's very strong presence in that area. Yeah. Sure. Um. So it's possible. I know they talk about Abe Lincoln stopping by one yeah. time. Well, multiple presidents mm-hmm. have stopped yeah. at that place. I Abe think. Lincoln's just the one that sticks Cage. in my head. <laughs> what? Nicholas Oh. <laughs> He was looking for was something. Was <laughs> he was stealing something. <laughs> so I'm scaling the side of the. Honestly, if you drove into Hanoverton and saw Nicolas Cage scaling the Spread Eagle Tavern, I at that point, I don't even know that it would be that surprising. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wouldn't bat an eye. What's he up to now? Uh, one thing that does get overlooked, because I want to talk about this as long as yeah. you, were, you were talking about lake the, the lake towns up mm-hmm. there. How does that inform the lake monster? stuff do you have you do you know i see i have no familiarity with the stories behind the lake erie monster but i'm sure like some of that had to have what just what i do I just like how you brought it back around to the lake monster when earlier you're like yeah what's my favorite well, lake a, monster that's all about <laughs> that's all i wanted to talk 20 about minutes, 20 minutes later <laughs> can we please just get it get around to the lake, to the lake erie monster please Tell me one of you guys is aware of the Lake Erie Monster and could talk about it. I know nothing about the Lake Erie Monster, so that's on Mark. Yeah, well, you know, that's a connection that I I haven't really explored. Oh, right, great. The, 
is where it was seen. I mean, where it was like over towards Huron, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's real hot in here. I'm starting to... (laughs) But yeah, I mean... Starting to sweat. Now I really want to dig into that. Oh, yeah, I bet. I do. (laughs) I do. Well, I'll go look at the map. Yeah, we yeah. should find out. What you're not seeing right now is Mark, is Mark has Mark is walking up to a map. Walked over Mark, to there's a, a step stool there. Get up on there if you need to. Um, you know what? While we're waiting on Mark to look at the map, the uh, we forgot to mention our contest. Huron, oh. baby. Uh, our contest. <laughs> send in a letter, uh, email to monsteropolismail at gmail.com. We're going to pick two winners who will win a copy of Larry Beans Baxter's Abandoned, which is a book about uh, Port Chatham, Alaska. Um, and just send us uh, an email. It can't, uh, in the subject line, put the title of the book, which is Abandoned. And it has to be an actual email about something. You can't just write in and be like, I'm entering. If Mark <laughs> falls off the step stool right now. You told him to. You yeah. told him to climb I didn't it. Tell this him is to on fall, you. Fall on it. He's still up there. He's learning. <laughs> He's learning as we're recording on air, live on air. Mark See, is learning. This is the quality stuff that we've been talking about, right? Yeah. In action. Someone researchers will, in someone action. Someone will write a review about this. <laughs> they can't even do the research before they hit the record button. <laughs> Knucklehead, <laughs> climbing a ladder. What'd you learn, Mark? Well, I learned that the sightings were primarily um, took place over by Huron, but also right off Cleveland, which makes a lot of sense because more people around in a location to have a sighting um, lends to that. Plus, it would be recorded there and reported through the papers and so forth. But it's um, the nickname is Bessie. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Bessie, Lake Erie. Yeah. All right, I've heard Bessie. Bessie. Didn't realize that it was anything mm-hmm. to do with Lake Erie. That mm-hmm. is weird. Why Bessie? Why B? South Bay. Some There's some oh, okay. South Bay Bessie. Is Bessie the, would have been better than... Than Lake Erie Monster? Spessie. Spessie. Yeah. S-B-E-S-S. South Bay... You you would capitalize. Oh, the I see S what you're B. going for. I wondered why. Spessy. I got it. Yeah, <clears throat> got it. You Maybe you're right. A, an apostrophe yeah. between S and B. Yeah, Sebessy. 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 It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a legend about someone. Like, there's a place up there where they have like a cellar, and you can go down in and throw food in the water. Have you heard about this? No. And like supposedly the monster will come up and eat. Them. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you have done research on this. I, I've. I've spent time up in like Putin Bay and Port Clinton area, and I like that area a lot. And South Bass Island, I took a ferry over there once. Where's the place that you feed the monster? It's in Cleveland. It's it is. It's somewhere up in that area. You go down in like a celly, lighthouse out there too. Yeah, is that Marblehead? Or you? Oh no, you mean the one out? (laughs) Yes. No, he's talking about the one we tried to get into oh, for hauntings, oh. and it was going to cost like no. obscene amounts of really? money. Yeah, yeah, we're talking like ten thousand dollars. Wow. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a haunted lighthouse on. Is that actually on Putin Bay? I think there's haunted lighthouses all over. Okay, we get. <laughs> no, I mean Airport like that's Harbor literally what Santino one, yeah. has told me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's lighthouses all over, so I don't know. I've never been up there. I don't know. Yeah, but there is one there. Mm-hmm. And I've never actually I've never been to Putin Bay. I haven't been out to that island. It's like a it's like a spring bake break destination. I think mm-hmm. like a bunch of spring breakers. I've never been there. Yeah, 
I, I've I been to such places. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even. What word? <laughs> Is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah. I think when I was a kid, I always said a shoe or a shoe. I've never said it, so I only read it. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it. It's one of those words that um, you don't say out loud unless you've heard it before. Right. And you're confident that they've said it properly. Or you're just dumb enough to say it. <laughs> Because you'd think no one else will know. Ooh. It is interesting. That that's pretty slick, that's, I think. That's sneaky dumb. <laughs> so where, where I grew up, I grew up in Bolivar, but you ride or, I'd ride my bike to Zor like every mm. day. That is now known as like one of the most haunted places in Ohio. They just yeah. did like there's been major shows that have shot down there in Zor, which mm. is comical to me because it's literally like walking distance. I grew up in Zor. Mm-hmm. They do ghost walks and stuff. Too, yeah, that they? was never a thing until until like maybe the very early '90s, and it didn't really blow up until way later. Why do you think that is? I mean, just offhand, I, I, I would assume that it's just because of the, the tourism draw. I mm-hmm. think they probably were convinced to do it one year, and they they did it, and they saw that people wanted to learn more and come in, you know, to learn more about that. And over time, it it's it chipped away at their unwillingness to 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 mm. have be a part of what am i doing now <laughs> nothing just thinking, <laughs> just thinking of the way you phrased it i liked it oh well chipped away at their unwillingness yeah chipped away at their unwillingness to like embrace that side of their history sure and there's a, a number of the buildings are still there right I mean, oh yeah well yeah preserved oh yeah i think that plays into town. it too in mm-hmm. some of these sites where people are you know all right from in a tourist sort of way are brought in because you're you have this sense of it's you know old and you're mm-hmm. participating in history. Yeah. And the added layer of the what ghost story like makes it. Schönbrunn is that where mm-hmm. they oh, still yeah. got all the buildings up and stuff? Yeah, okay. Schönbrunn does a, a like a Sleepy Hollow thing every year too. Mm-hmm. They like read the legend of Sleepy Hollow there and talk about the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I'm on top of I, my game. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if um, when you were talking about like in the early '90s or whatever that they started or it wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. If something in pop culture shifted. Well, I was going to say around that time you've got X-Files, right? Mm -hmm. So like Mm X-Files is probably largely responsible for a lot of that kind of stuff. Shows like sightings were were coming out and And movies like when would Blair Witch come out? Mm -hmm. That's 99. Yeah. So I thought, well, I think the best year for movies. Yeah. That Star Wars Phantom Menace. (laughs) (laughs) Blair Witch. Yeah. Had six cents. The Mummy, The Matrix, the movie Rushmore, Saving Private Ryan. This is encyclopedic wow. knowledge. It is. Uh, uh, Toy this. Story 2. Is that Toy Story 2 that year? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. That might be 2001. Yeah. But, yeah, 99, American Beauty came out that year. Mm. Want me to keep going? I can keep going. It's Actually, I can't keep going. <laughs> I ran out of movies. Well, I was just yeah. thinking There's much more. if any of that had influenced the- Me? Yes. Mm-hmm. I yes, saw Rushmore you. nine times in the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you. You you guys just always want to bring everything back around to me. I'm trying to keep it on the. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I would assume that something in pop culture shifted, but that shift probably impacted the. It, it drove an interest in that right. kind of stuff at that point. Because I do remember, like Gettysburg is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to Gettysburg every every year multiple weekends out of the year we considered Gettysburg and Winchester Virginia our home away from home like those were two places we were in eight to ten times a year you know like eight to ten weekends out of the year we're spent in those places and Gettysburg never 
did anything relating to ghosts ever or anything to, I mean today that That's is like huge. the paranormal capital yeah. of, of probably of the east coast it's like everyone goes there or Salem right yeah hmm but it, but when i was a kid growing up that wasn't a thing at all mm-hmm. there weren't ghost hunts there weren't ghost walks there wasn't the con- there's a conference there or convention every year a mm-hmm. huge one in gettysburg that wasn't that was not a thing now my we just had to talk about this because someone i know had just gone on vacation there and they were like yeah they got rid of like all the civil war stuff and now it's like everything everywhere you go is get is ghosts other than the national park stores and i said i mean to me they're supposed to be tied together well i'm sure that's true but i I would assume too that there is a i mean just history in general people don't pay as much attention anymore to history it's not when i was a kid growing up it was a, my stomach will not stop growling but um there were historian history buffs mm-hmm. like everything yeah. like mm-hmm. so people were like a revolutionary war buff or like oh, a world yeah. war ii buff or whatever yeah i mean there's jokes about that on seinfeld <laughs> that is not the case anymore like i don't yeah. not to that extent and so I think that the town just saw, okay, well, we're we're losing all the tours that used to come in because of wanting to tour the battlefields or whatever. Let's pump Retool up the... and yeah. go in the... Yeah. And now it's direction. like the paranormal capital. Well, I hope place. that they still find a way to preserve the Integrate. other stories yeah, yeah. into the paranormal stuff so that it's not totally lost. That made you, when you were talking about the way it used to... I've never been to Gettysburg, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it shifted. But when you explained that, it made me think of... Uh, one of the things that I did a few years ago was collect uh, letters from places where people had taken things that were supposedly cursed mm-hmm. and then sent it back in the letters that oh. came with it saying, you know, like, here's where I picked it up. Please put it back. And so mm-hmm. I had contacted a um, park service ranger out there and um, she sent me photocopies of different letters, taking all of the identifying information mm-hmm. out, of course. But now I'm wanting to go back and look at the timestamp on those because they weren't overly recent. I mean, they weren't like, 20, of course, I wasn't asking in 2020, but um, they weren't recent, recent letters that she, she did send me one that happened while we were on active communication. But I'm wondering if there was an uptick in that, because why would they send back something if it didn't already have the reputation, you know, like when it was just Civil War stuff, mm-hmm. are they sending things back or when did that shift like? Was it the chicken or the egg kind of thing? Yeah. Like, which one came first? <laughs> Somebody just said, because there's Devil's Den. That seems to be the the Such hot a cool spot place, too. But just does the name alone lend itself to that starting? Yes. And then... The name game. Right, exactly. Like, how does that go about? That's you see, fascinating that's, that, stuff. That stuff's crazy to me, because I grew up... There's there's slides. I'm in the process of, like, digitizing all my family, family slides, and there's, like, pictures of me at Devil's Den when I was, like, five. Mm-hmm. And... That wasn't a thing. I can tell you, <laughs> as someone who was there a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. people weren't talking about like ghosts walking around the battlefields. Yeah. They they were not. I don't care. I'm sure that... And and I was... When I was a kid, you'd be tuned into that. Yeah. If people were talking about I mean, that. That's the thing like, that uh, sure. your radar would be mm-hmm. up. Maybe even at that point, it would have been more disrespectful to even talk about See, that's what I'm... I'm I wonder when when that shift happened especially because i stopped going to gettysburg when i was maybe like on a regular basis when i was probably like 14 Mm -hmm. and then over time it just got to the i haven't been there now in years Mm -hmm. but when i was like a kid i mean we were there constantly we stayed at the koa or there was like campgrounds there we always stayed at the campgrounds we spent time there we had friends there my the stock from my parents bookstore is in gettysburg 
the oh, remainder wow. of the stock from their bookstore. I think mm -hmm. it's still there. I don't know that it's all been sold off yet. But the that's remainder cool. of their stock is in Gettysburg. Wow. So that's like Breedlove home away from home. Mm -hmm. Again, you guys keep bringing it back to me. <laughs> I don't. Um, we should probably start wrapping up. Do you have a favorite Ohio folklore Thank you. story, Mark? Uh, favorite Ohio's folklore. Yeah, personally, what what is? Would you go take that for now? Oh, you take it. I'm trying to think. Great. That's a, um <clears throat> favorite Ohio folklore story. I honestly don't have a particular one that strikes a core. I mean, I'm familiar with different ones, but as far as anything that would be a favorite, it would. I'm just. I'm still looking for it. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for that story that particularly, if there was one in Carroll County, maybe, if mm. people would share, that I would really cling to just because it's home. Mm -hmm. But um, other than that, I mean, everybody knows the Loveland Frog and, uh, of course, Minerva Monster and stuff. And, and Minerva's close, but it's, it's just, I, I don't I, have I one. get the distinction. What's yours? Well, mine is a Lake County story. It's the Melonheads. Mm. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. And it, mostly because we live close enough that within 20 minutes we can drive up and down Wisner Road, which is mm -hmm. the alleged location. Yeah. And um, what I find very, it's not that weird, I guess, but how there are Melonhead stories in other places. Indiana. But in, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in Northeast Ohio, that's the place mm -hmm. and the the brief history behind that is is interesting in its own right and you know I th I I suspect that it has a more mundane and sort of personally sad element sure. to it but um it's just a lesson in how stories get told and passed down mm -hmm. and like then a location becomes somewhere that you want to avoid slash can't stay away from so you go there now, and there's all kinds of signage, and they they may have even blocked off one end of Wisner, so that you can't just drive through there. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to you know go through the inconvenience of turning around at a gate, right? I, specifically for the purpose of discouraging people from going back there, <laughs> although it hasn't stopped us on the occasions that we've gone down that way. Ramming not, the gate. Not yeah. stopping Matskis. Um, <laughs> if I, I'm going to discount Minerva just because, yeah. I mean, I, I have a, I view it as more than folklore. You know, that's an insult to folklore. So Ellie would probably slap me. <laughs> um, Sorry, Ellie. Uh, you let me know. I'll smack him. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'm going with, um, I think I'm going to go with that Hanoverton story, the witch. Mm. I think that story appealed to me so much at that time because we were just coming off finishing Bell Witch, which I really loved making. And I loved that story. And I thought that was so cool and interesting that we had our own witch story that kind of drew similarities to that. Mm. Um, it just opened my eyes to thinking about those stories in another way, I think. So even though I've recently discovered mm -hmm. it, I think that currently is, is my favorite one because that was the first yeah. thing I thought of when I started. I do love, like, the Frogman and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Por uh, but, like, there's Portage County UFO chase. I just started thinking oh, about that this yeah. morning. Mm -hmm. uh, there's that coin helicopter incident right mm -hmm. right near here in, in Ashland. Um, we have tons of really yeah. great stories here. See, I, I, would say, I would say Peninsula Python, but oh, I don't yeah. think that's folklore. Mm. That's something else. I mean, that's a media media you know the newspaper specifically was 
sort of the entire story mm-hmm. on the Python. But it's it's probably my favorite like weird story yeah. of in Ohio. Um, you can send us mail, monsteropolismail at gmail.com. Send us mail and put in the subject line abandoned, and uh, we will enter you to win Larry Baxter's book, copy of book of the book. Um, thank you for being on, Heather. Thanks for having me. Come meet Heather at the Flatwoods Monster Museum on July 24th, um, and uh, become a squad member on YouTube, channel member on YouTube if you want to watch the show sometime, along with uh, On the Trail of Hauntings or Squadcast or any of the other stuff we're doing on there. Um, I think that does it for this week's episode, but we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in.